Good morning. morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word. The Old Testament reading for the fifth Sunday of Easter is from Isaiah chapter 12. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. O Lord, have mercy upon us. The epistle is from James chapter 1. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, Now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we begin to turn our liturgical gaze forward. For the last four weeks, we have been celebrating and looking back at the resurrection of our Lord. 
But now we are going to start looking forward to the ascension and to Pentecost. Our gospel text for today, interestingly, is the section right before our gospel reading for last week. Last week, during the Upper Room Discourse, Jesus was trying to prepare his disciples for what was going to happen in the next few days. He tried to warn them that they were going to suffer and were going to be sad, but that ultimately all of that was going to be turned into joy. Our reading for this day is still talking about a time when our Lord is going to leave the disciples. However, with hindsight, we can look back and see that here he isn't actually talking about the crucifixion and the resurrection so much, but rather is speaking about his eventual ascension into heaven. He tells them why he must do this and even tells them that it will actually be for their good. Listen, therefore, and hear again about the impending arrival of the Holy Spirit, who will come down on the disciples at Pentecost. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. But when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This is still a pretty hard pill to swallow for many people. Not that the Spirit is going to be coming, but rather that it is actually better for us that he comes than it would have been for Jesus to stick around here on earth. And perhaps that is because people have quite a few misunderstandings about what exactly it is that the Spirit does here on earth. We don't really get what the point of having the Spirit in our lives is sometimes, and to be fair, he does tend to be the least obvious person of the Trinity. Here, though, Jesus actually gives us a pretty good breakdown of exactly what the Spirit is going to be doing here on earth. The Spirit will come and convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. 
the word convict in the Greek here is actually pretty interesting. Convict is a perfectly good translation, but two other ways to translate it would be either expose or even discipline. But for simplicity, for the most part, we'll stick with convict. The first thing that the Spirit is going to convict the world of is sin. Not just any sin, though. In many ways, it is the worst sin. The sin of unbelief. The world around us will try to tell us that to steal, kill, or lie would be far worse sins than to simply not believe in Jesus. Oftentimes in a family, honoring your father and your mother is considered more important than having no other gods. But the truth is that all other sins are simply a form or aspect of the sin of unbelief. People steal, kill, and lie because in that moment they don't believe the Father, Jesus, and the Spirit when they said, you shall not steal, kill, or lie. They believe that their parents are more worthy of honor, respect, and understanding than God is, forgetting that it is God himself who gave them their parents and who their parents are images of in their lives. God is not okay with that. He is not okay with people not believing in Jesus. And therefore, the Spirit will convict we who are in the world concerning this unbelief. Even we who are Christians need this. We need to be disciplined and convicted when we don't believe Jesus as we should. We need to be reminded that we are not yet what we will be. We are not yet perfect. There are still times that we do not believe Jesus in his word as we should. But thankfully, the Spirit will not leave us in our conviction of sin. He will also convict the world of righteousness. For Jesus himself is going to the Father, and we will no longer see him. We wouldn't usually use the word convict in connection with the word righteousness. That's because for us the word convict has a negative connotation, while the word righteousness, usually at least, has a positive connotation. And perhaps this is where those other translations might be more helpful. The Spirit comes to expose the world concerning righteousness and to discipline the world concerning righteousness. Jesus is not here physically anymore. We can no longer walk up to him and see him as Thomas and the other disciples did. We must believe in him without seeing him. And it is the Spirit who creates that faith and trust inside of us. It is the Spirit who convicts us to make us know that not only do we need righteousness, but that on the cross and through the resurrection of our Lord, 
that that righteousness has been earned for us. That through the word of the Lord, through the washing of rebirth and renewal of baptism, and through the life-sustaining and strengthening body and blood of our Lord, that even now we have that righteousness. The Spirit is the one who gives us the faith that grasps on to these promises from Jesus and allows us to hold on to the righteousness that is offered there. Faith that will be able to hold on to Christ's righteousness even as we face the judgment of our Lord, which is the third thing that the Spirit will convict the world concerning. Judgment. For the ruler of this world is judged. The ruler of this world is currently the devil, which means that we Christians are currently living in occupied territory. This is why we look around at the world and see all of the darkness, sin, and death around us. Because Satan, the adversary of light, righteousness, and life, is ruling this world. But that will not always be the case. The time is coming when all of us who live in this world will be judged. For the unbelievers, those who follow the lead of their ruler, the devil, that judgment will be damnation. They have refused the life-giving sacrifice that Christ made for them and have rejected the God who went so far to save them. Therefore, they will receive the very same punishment that the Lord set aside for the devil and his minions. But for those of us who have been given the gift of faith by the Spirit and have been strengthened by him to hold fast to the righteousness that Christ earned for us, our judgment will be life eternal with the very same Christ who the unbelievers rejected. But There is still time for the unbelievers. And make no mistake, the Holy Spirit is still working on them, still trying to create faith inside of them that they too might be saved. And one of the ways that he does that is when we go out into the world and speak the word of God through which the Spirit comes. The very word of God which will tell the unbeliever what Jesus has done for them on the cross. The very same Christ who warned the disciples of what was to come and who told them that one day soon he was going to ascend into heaven is the very same life who died, the very same Christ who died for us and for the entire world. The day is coming when he will return just as he promised. Whether he comes for the world as a whole or simply comes for us, when we die. The truth that the Spirit has guided us into remains the same. By the blood of Christ, the waters of baptism, and the testimony of the Spirit, we are righteous before God. Therefore, we look forward to the day when he comes, for upon that day we will become what we are meant to be. The redeemed child of the Lord who will live with him forever into eternity.
Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.